tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Aaron, this is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? And welcome to Tinfoil Hat. You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Man, you are. No. I, we might have to stop doing that because you just <laughs> refuse to time. You refuse to time. Join me as always, uh, my partner in crime. The man myth, the legend, Mr. Xavier Guerrero. How are you, Xavier? How's good, the podcast been going? There. It's going good. Today, today we got a new one popping, so I got to call up the strippers to get here. Okay, dude. You know it's a hard job, brother, but somebody's got to do it. Right. You know, freedom of speech involves a lot of things, including podcasting with strippers and cocaine during an epidemic. But besides that, keep <laughs> doing the keep keep fighting the fight, brother. Uh, it's thank George you, Perez you. stories. Go check it out. It's uh, is it available on YouTube yet? Yes, YouTube, any podcast app, anywhere you you listen to your shit, you can find it there. George Perez stories. Johnny, yeah. any word on broken simulation? Does that drop today? Indeed, yeah, it does. It's exporting right now on my computer. Okay, yeah, the the enthusiasm lets everybody know <laughs> we got real dynamite coming at you. And to be honest with you, uh, Johnny and I had to take a little break last week, so we couldn't get it out. We want to. We had a bunch of stuff popping up. So you will get your fix of broken simulation this week. And you know what? If you miss me, if the three episodes we're doing a week isn't enough for you, uh, you got to check out the Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash tinfoil hat and you are getting daily podcast, 20, 30 minute hitting quidits. And you can get it. You can get it there. And for the simple uh, $5 a month, you are getting almost 15 uh, podcasts a month. So uh, you do the math. I don't believe in math. I think it's the work of the devil. So I won't do it for you. But that is, you do crunch the numbers and you go go to Timfall, go to patreon.com back forward slash Timfall hat. Now, here's a really cool thing. Word on the street is that the t-shirts are back. Uh, the guy who helps print, my guy print them. He is uh, up and running. So all the t-shirts are back. And I believe you can now get the Why Such a Cheap Joker t-shirt. And you can get the uh, Rick and Morty's Salmon XG t-shirt. That should be available oh, as well. Yeah. Plus all your bandanas there. It's a great way to support the show. Go to tinfoilhattshirts.com. I will someday have all this under one banner, but that day is not today. Uh, guys, a lot of things are going on. This show is not possible without our good friends who support the show. Our sponsors keep the lights on, keep me being able to feed my children and not make them get jobs at three months old. And one of our sponsors is our good friends at Grubhub. I used it today. That's right. Together we can help save restaurants we love. Every order on Grubhub helps support your local community as restaurants rely on delivery and pickups during this time. Contactless delivery is available. Special promos will be available 
daily. Look for neighborhood specials so you can have money and save a restaurant. Your pickup or delivery kit order can help save a local restaurant during these difficult times. You can also donate your change uh, on every order to support Grubhub's Community Relief Fund to support restaurant deliveries impacted by COVID-1984, okay? I use it. I get everything. What I, I like, we get Indian food. I get some, I mean, I get everything. I get kebab. I mean, I feel bad when I order spaghetti. You ever order spaghetti? It's like you should just make spaghetti, but I'm so lazy that I'm ordering spaghetti. I use that. I, I mean, I feel bad when I make somebody go get like, like Subway, like that's lazy too. But you know what? I do it because I'm helping others. My laziness is helping others pay their bills. Any other time in history, I'm a real piece of shit. But today, now I'm helping my community, helping my neighborhood, helping people who used to be weed dealers. Now they're not weed dealers because weed's legal everywhere. Now they got to deliver food. Okay. And thanks to our good friends at Grubhub, our former weird dealers all have jobs. So just for our listeners, if you download the app, it's very important. Go to Grubhub, download the app, and enter the promo code SAMT, uh, all capitals, one word. You'll get $10 off a $15 or more order for new diners. That's promo code SAMT for $10 off any order of $15 or more for new diners. So that download the, so download the Grubhub app today and use the promo code SAMT to help enjoy the restaurants you love and save a restaurant. Captain, save a whole restaurant. That's what we need from you. Uh, joining us, I'm very excited to have him on. I've been watching him and uh, uh, his, his, uh, his Twitter, his YouTube, all that stuff. I've been watching him fight the good fight from the north. Uh, joining us, I'm very excited to have him on. Please welcome Mr. Dan Dix. How are you, Dan? Very well, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Will you download download the Grubhub app, my friend? I think I might check that out. That sounds thank like it's right up my alley. That's a good idea. I like it. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much for coming on. I know uh, we had a mutual friend that met you at uh, uh, Anarchy of Poco and suggested you come on the show. And when he, when he uh, said he wanted to do it, I was ex extremely excited. For those that might not be familiar with your work, can you explain what you do and your uh, websites and all, uh, anywhere they can find you? Sure. Um, I uh, have a small independent media channel called Press for Truth. Um, I basically cover <clears throat> a lot of different events that are going on in the world, uh, often events that the mainstream media either isn't covering or are going and putting their own kind of spin on it. So I kind of try to counter the propaganda. Um, and that kind of led me to making documentary films. I've made five documentary films now. Um, so really, it's, it's all on YouTube. YouTube, uh, you just look up Press for Truth, you'll find it. And pressfortruth.ca is, uh, is the website. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate the people who, uh, who we've had guests uh, ask to get you on the show and they talk to you that you are in the, in the, the uh, area or on the level of uh, great people like David Icke, they suggested, Luke Rodowski, all those guys who were just really uh, are fearless in the reporting. So thank you for coming on our little dick joke conspiracy show. Um, but I'm excited to have you on. It's like the universe works in very interesting ways because as crazy as the United States is, and we are batshit crazy, and it must be like being Canadian, living next door to just 
a bunch of crystal meth hillbillies, you know, that just like, what are they getting into today? But it seems to be that Canada has its own kind of like craziness going on with uh, Fidel Castro's kid up there running, uh, just seeming to just run wild. And, and, you know, what is going on with Trudeau? What's going on in Canada? It just seems like, I, you know, we have this constitution and there's a giant pushback and, you know, I see Trudeau just jacking guns right now. What, what's going on there? What are your thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, that one's bad. Um, he just took the guns. He, he, he literally just used a tragedy. Um, I don't know if you guys know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a tragedy in Canada, Nova Scotia, mass shooting, biggest mass shooting in Canadian history. Um, guy went on a rampage. He dressed up like a police officer. He, he made a cop car and he drove around shooting people, 22 people killed. And while the bodies were still smoldering in the ashes of the burnt buildings that this guy burnt down, Trudeau whisked through this new massively sweeping gun ban where 1,500 what he calls assault style rifles are now banned at the, at, at the flick of a switch, just like that. Um, they say there's going to be a two-year amnesty period, they call it, where they're going to buy back the guns that are now illegal. But let's face it, it's a confiscation period. It's a two-year confiscation period for Canadians to comply with this new rule. And the scary thing is, this guy just whisked it through on the wake of a, of a tragedy, using people's emotions to take away their guns. Now, this has been an agenda from the Liberal government for a long time now. Um, but now we're, we're starting to see how, you know, how, how Trudeau operates when he can stand on a tragedy like this and just whisk it through. No vote. Nobody debating this. Um, he just did it. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're dealing with. It is Canada. crazy. Now, I mean, I, what, what upsets me is that this story didn't explode and resonate with us down in the States because I – hadn't heard anything about that. And that to me is be is even makes it even bigger tragedy. Like, why haven't we heard about this? Why, why aren't we sending love and support to Canada? Like often we get when we have our, our, our shootings. Um, mm -hmm. What is known about this guy? Is well, anything he, known? Up. Are we starting to find like, this is kind of like, you know, with us, we always find there's some kind of, you know, dark arts uh, connection to what's going on. What What do you know about this guy? What they didn't yeah. know before they banned before they banned the guns, Justin Trudeau didn't even know what type of guns he was using. He That's just right. made that out of Im impulse. He was just like, "Hey, we're gonna ban this shit." Didn't even know oh if he was using an assault rifle. God. Didn't even know if he was using an M16. He didn't even know if he, he had a gun like yours. He just banned it. He said, "Fuck it. That's it. That's what I needed. One chance to yeah. ban it." So I yeah. And then what they ended up finding out is uh, after the fact is that the guns that he did use were all purchased illegally, obviously. So the point is, had this law had been put in place, uh, it obviously wouldn't have stopped this guy from getting a gun. These laws are not going to stop anybody from obtaining a firearm in, you know, a, a, a bad person from obtaining a firearm in Canada. They're still going to be able to get their hands on the guns. All it's doing is disarming good, responsible, licensed gun owners in Canada. And I keep making the point, you know, if more people had guns along the path of this guy's mm -hmm. destruction path, maybe he could have been stopped. Because guess what? Guns were the answer. It just happens to be that it was in the hands of these guys in uniforms and they showed up 
13 hours late that he was able to go on this, this rampage. So guns were the answer, but it, it was coming from the hands of the state where I think if more people were armed, they could have stopped this guy. What is, uh, what, when you bring this point up that, that these guns were purchased illegally, that what Trudeau is doing ha- would have no effect on what this guy did. And in fact, it only hurts law-abiding citizens who could have uh, defended themselves. Like, what is the, are you getting any pushback from people? Uh, Are they just like, just ban them. We got to save, you know, like, what is the reaction to that? Well, shockingly, apparently, according to a poll, 80% of Canadians are in favor of this new gun ban. Now, I don't know if I believe these polls, because that sounds a, a little outrageous to me. But honestly, at the same time, I wouldn't be all that surprised because the Canadian people are very, very sleepy people. I mean, it, it, if, if anything, uh, some of these events that are happening lately are showing me just how bad things are in Canada uh, with, with the sheeple who really don't understand uh, you know, the real things that are going on in the world. It's, it's shocking, really. Um, and that's what we're seeing in, in the wake of this tragedy with, with this and with all this COVID stuff, too. We're seeing a lot of people just uh, kind of cozying up to big, the big nanny state. It's uh, pretty shocking. It is very interesting because, you know, we have our own situation going on here. We have COVID, myself, Xavier Guerrero. We had gone down to the uh, these, these, um, these uh, protests that we were having. And, you know, we went there in the pro, uh, and we pushed back on the thought of, like, we have to be locked down to, the, to July for something that isn't getting uh, – that just doesn't have the numbers that they think they are. Uh, and through nonlinear warfare, everybody's bringing their – I mean, like, the numbers people have said of deaths, you're like, not even the most sheepish of sheep say that number that one guy said to me, like, 80,000 people have died. I go, you're just, you're just verbally throwing up on Twitter at this moment. But the, the, the push towards uh, the, the, res- the way that people who want to stay locked down, which are very interesting to me, uh, their feelings on people who are pushing the first and pushing and fighting for, in the United States, our second and first amendment. You guys don't have that. And it's, it blows my mind. Um, I don't know what you guys defend. I mean, uh, is there freedom of speech? Is there second amendment? Like, what is the law that you guys have that defends you from this government? Or is there one? Or is it just like, fuck it? You're. I mean, look what's going on in Europe. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, we're screwed. I mean, we we don't have anything like the second amendment. In fact, Canadians, as far as I know, are the most vetted gun owners in the world, as far as I can tell. I mean, it's incredibly difficult to obtain a firearm in this country. You've got to go through really strict uh, um, a, a process, background checks. They, they, uh, they, they, they need to contact your spouse and any exes that you've had. Um, you have to waive cool. the right to, uh, you know, cops can come into your home at any time to check out your guns without a warrant. You just, you just wave that right if you're a gun owner in Canada. They can just come in anytime and check you out. You have to notify them of when you're transporting your, your gun. So if you're just driving to the range, you gotta let them know, I'm gonna be going from point A to point B, here's when I'll be going and when I'll be back. And, and the way you have to store 
your firearm in the house is, is incredibly ridiculous. So Canadians are extremely, extremely vetted when it comes to guns. So it's, it's very different than it is in the United States. And I, I honestly think we, we need something like a Second Amendment, which is not about stopping the burglar or, or, you know, the petty crime guy. No, it was about stopping government run amok. And uh, now that we see Trudeau disarming Canadians, <laughs> it should really speak loud, loudly to people that uh, what's coming down the pipe here. Uh, hey, Dan, you were saying, hey, Dan, you were saying on one of your videos that a uh, regular Canadian is more dangerous than a licensed Canadian, gun-armed Canadian? Yeah, yeah. The st statistically, um, over two-thirds of uh, non-licensed people who do not own guns are statistically more likely to commit a homicide than a licensed gun owner in Canada. So what that means is if you just walk out into the street, you pick a random person on the sidewalk who doesn't have a firearm, doesn't have a license to own one, they are more dangerous and more likely to commit a homicide than a licensed gun owner in Canada. So again, it just goes back to the point that these laws are just disarming good, responsible people. And now the only people who are going to be left with the guns are the bad guys. It is, it is insane. And the statistics is you can't get numbers of these people. You can't give them statistics because this mainstream media group will flood them with bogus numbers that they just immediately accept because it has an official logo on it from something they grew up watching and it's just it's unbelievable to me how people like grow like so so we had like black lives matters here and i i fully supported i even though later on we find out george soros is most likely funding that movement uh, but I, I support the right that cops should use, like, responsible, vi like, actions when dealing with somebody. Like, they shouldn't just pull out. Like, we had one situation in, in Cleveland where a guy was running away from a cop, and he just pulled out the gun and shot him like an animal in the forest. And that, to me, is a tragedy. And this comes from a guy who has had many office, police officers in his family. I've had like, I have three that were uh, either in law enforcement or the uh, correctional service, okay? I, I, I support cops when, when, they, when they are good cops. Now, I don't support bad cops. Just like I don't support bad comics or, or bad clowns or bad priests <laughs> or whoever it is. Like, you know, you got to get rid of the bad apples. Mm -hmm. So, well, so the, okay, go on, sorry. Well, no, I, I, I totally agree. And the point that I made in one of my videos is that why don't we privatize the police force? You know, it, it's the government police who are the problem. It's the, the, the private police are, are fine. Like you, you look at your security guards or mall cops or things like that. They're not doing bad things. They're, they're actually stopping crimes from happening. It's the state sponsored police who are the ones you have to worry about. So maybe we ought to privatize the police force and have private police forces instead of it coming down from, uh, from the state. Because we know how that goes when the state disarms people, turns out really, really bad. I hate to always use the example, but I did in my video that, you know, obviously if the Jewish people were armed, that would have gone very, very oh, differently. Don't even get me started <laughs> on how those, none of those demographics ever know their own history. Yeah. They don't even know their history. Like, as an Armenian, I know that the Turks 
completely disarmed the Armenians before the genocide. I have Jewish friends, one who's running for president, who was calling for gun control. I go, you don't even know your own history. And if you did know your own history, because there are videos of Holocaust victims coming out saying, first they said, we're going to regulate the guns. And then they said, oh, we can't stop the crime. So we're taking the guns. This is the history of it. But the, going back to the, 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 the Black Lives Matter situation hmm. is that, you know, George Soros is part of that. But I, I agreed with like, hey, man, we should not have government officials shooting the citizens. They are armed. OK, there are. And we should have reasonable reactions to situation. Now, I'll also tell you that uh, being a cop is incredibly hard. My, again, my cousin went to uh, Atlanta and he was a cop for like two months, like a month. And he got punched in the face and there was like, it's a tough gig. It, 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 it is life. It is not black. It is not white. It is gray. And, you know, each instance has to be done. Then you had the Women's March, and we don't know what the fuck they were marching about. They didn't ask for anything. They just were marching, you know, which makes you wonder who, who, who got that march going. Um, but these groups of people who marched in those, in those marches seem to be demonizing the people who are protesting right now. Uh, and it's very funny to watch them go off on Twitter about the cops' response to these First Amendment protests. Mm -hmm. And I go to them, what's very funny is you're mocking these people who are, who are protesting for your right freedom to criticize the government as you openly criticize the government because you have no real concern of a knock on the door asking you why you're tweeting about law enforcement. Well, it, it's getting so bad that yesterday I was covering a rally in Vancouver. There was an end the lockdown rally. Uh, probably about 200 people were there. And this is a very newsworthy event. So I went down to cover it. CBC was there, CTV, other news outlets. And um, I, before I went to this, I was threatened, actually. There, there were posts online saying people are going to uh, commit acts of violence. Some people suggested they might fill up a super soaker with cat piss literally these are antifa types who said they're going to come out and what ended up happening is at one point in the day a guy rolled rolled up on a, on a bicycle and whipped a, a, a something into the back of my head i just found the footage of it i'm going to make a video about it as soon as we're done this podcast but a guy smoked me in the back of the head which with what i think was a glass bottle or something like that and targeted me at this rally yesterday. Now, this is somebody who literally physically assaulted someone and is willing to face assault charges and, and to commit a criminal offense because of my opinion, because of the ideas that I have. I mean, it's absolutely insane that someone would physically attack me yesterday based on the things that I talk about. I mean, why couldn't this guy have just debated me or something? Um, so it's pretty wild. He actually rolls up on a bicycle. You see him, <clears throat> he rolls up on a bike, boom, hits me in the back of the head and then just takes off like a coward. The whole crowd is saying to the police, hey, stop that guy, he just assaulted somebody. But by the time the cops could know what was going on, he was already gone on his bicycle. So that says a lot, man, uh, that, that people are willing to physically harm others because of their opinion. That's where we're at today. It is very interesting, the amount of violence and like the things people have said to me when I talk about these open up marches, which all, I, all I'm saying, dude, is like, you should have the right to work. 
That's all I'm saying. Put on a hazmat suit. Wear whatever you want to go. You should have the right to pay your bills, man, so you don't fall behind and fall into the – but the amount of hate I get. It's just, I'm a, hey, why don't you grab your twins and go down to the thing? I go, okay, why don't you go and deep throw a 5G tower and we'll see how it goes for each of us. It, I'm just, dude, I'm just here for love, man. I, I just want love. I just want people to raise their family and be free. And, and if you commit some bad, then the police come and do something with you. But if you're a law-abiding citizen, leave it alone. The, 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 the fact that the guy on the bike, is suffering from such Stockholm syndrome. It's unbelievable. And in this country, I've grown up, you know, I'm a 70s baby, grew up in the 80s, 90s college kid. I'm really defined by the 90s. That's kind of when I really found out who I was. And, uh, you know, that's when political correctness kind of came in. And for decades after that, I've heard nothing but how the U.S. government is racist, sexist, and it's hurt poor people. Yeah. And up until this COVID thing three weeks ago, you, the government was public enemy number one. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, these same people with their blue check marks can't stop telling me to trust the government, okay? Listen to the experts, Okay you know, do what the cops tell you to do. These are the same people that were demanding that, that, that cops stop shooting unarmed black men are now telling me, Hey, do what the cops tell you. Go inside. Hey, they want to come in your house to see who, who's sick. You know, let them come in. They're only trying. They care for, it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it is wild how far this has gone. And like I said, this has been enlightening to me. I thought we were doing pretty good in, in Canada in terms of waking people up to the, you know, the, the, the injustices that are caused by the government and things like that. But what I'm seeing uh, just from looking around me in, in this post COVID-1984 world is that, no, we got a lot of work to do. A lot of people are, are, are very sleepy. And as you said, now they're policing one another and uh, you know, everybody's got that shifty eyes and they're policing one another uh, to the point where they're getting physically violent with people. I think, you know, they're obviously they're reacting emotionally. Um, I put out a, a, a tweet a couple of weeks ago that went viral and uh, people brought on the hate there. I got 3.2 million views in just a couple of days. And oh my God, did I get the hate? You want to talk about the, Yeah. All those blue checkmark Twitter people who are just venomously coming at me. It's just insane. And you know, this is all based on a suggestion, mind you, there is no lockdown here in Vancouver. We have, we've been suggested to stay in home. It's just a recommendation. And everybody's just bending over and taking it. I, I don't understand how we got to this point. It's crazy. Did YouTube give you your first strike already? Um, so uh, they pulled- Because you, the- you were protesting for the cute, fluffy cat protest you, you had mentioned on one of your videos. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I have a permanent uh, warning now. So it won't go away. It's just there. It says this is a permanent warning saying that uh, you violated the terms by uploading that live stream. Uh, if you do it again, it says, um, the, uh, my, I'll be blocked from being able to upload for seven days and, uh, and, and the channel may be terminated as well. So yesterday, yeah, no, so I don't currently have a strike. They've just said, uh, I, I'm, 
I'm being warned that if I if I live stream another one of those protests again, I will get a strike. And that says a lot. What I was saying is they've been going after you because you had posted a picture of uh, a guy throwing an egg at you guys, didn't you? And YouTube well, took that down. Or for some reason, I'm like, do you don't think they'll take the picture of the guy on the bike taking that down since they've been going after you? Why I is mean, that? Why are they taking that down? What is their proof? What is their what is their problem with posting people who are, who are attacking you? Imagine if if they took down all the fight street fight videos. They would like YouTube would be physically lighter. Yeah, yeah. Well, now they're to the point. I'm sure you guys know the CEO of YouTube recently uh, gave an interview saying that if anybody goes against the World Health Organization's uh, uh, recommendations on how to deal with COVID, then your video is going to be removed. And she literally says, if you suggest to somebody to ingest vitamin C, then that is something that is worthy of being removed from the platform because you're going against World Health Organization recommendations. They are trying to create a very narrow, skewed view of reality and trying to uh, basically monopolize thought and make it so that you don't have the full picture here. And <clears throat> if we continue to move forward in this 1984 world, this COVID-1984 world, <laughs> the only information people are going to have access to are these controlled channels. So right now, I'm really focusing on migrating my, off, my, my audience off of YouTube, you know, and onto these new platforms, these decentralized platforms that are not censoring people like BitChute and Minds and Float and PocketNet and, and DLive. And, and there's a whole bunch of them now. I'm kind of spreading my eggs out in a number of baskets because YouTube is shooting itself in the foot. I mean, and it, it, why won't, why is it so hard to get our fans, our friends, our listeners, are you know uh, my the people listening to the show? They're called the Swarm. They're very very educated. They're very um, in tune of what's going on. Uh, but there is still it is so hard to get them to just go to their address bar and put in broken simulation. it's almost like there's this feeling I'm asking them to get in their car, purchase a Southwest ticket, fly to the other side of the country to watch a video. When all we're saying is just put this new address bar into your address bar and you'll just put this new address into your address bar and you'll be able to support your favorite show for free if it's a free website with, and you'll be able to take some power away from YouTube because what happened was, in my opinion, they were getting hit, man. And they were, it was starting to slow down and you saw that people were going, then all of a sudden this thing came out going, Oh yeah, YouTube isn't censoring anymore. And then everybody came running back and then boom, what happened again? Mm -hmm. They just couldn't help themselves. They're just like, you know, it's like, they're like, they, they went to a, like a, a censoring 12-step program, and they're like, hi, I'm YouTube. I, I don't want to censor anymore, so I have a sponsor. I'm talking to him every day. And then they just started seeing, like, David Icke videos and Dan Dick videos, and they're just like, Ugh! and they just got, boom. This is what happened to us. We had a episode about, and this is why I know the information was real, 
about who Hitler was, who his father was, who his grandmother was, and who most likely his great grand his his grandfather was, and all the all the stuff about the Nazis that they don't teach in school. Not only did I get I I I look on Twitter, this attractive woman's like, hey. You uh, they took down your uh, they took down your 304. I go, what are you talking about? And I went there, gone. No warning, no discipline, no nothing. And it was this is this is even scarier. Then I go to broken simulation where I I, I let people who don't want to go on YouTube go on YouTube, uh, go and watch the video over there. They. They went and took it off of there as well. It was off of my my independent website. No, no, no. no. So it wasn't even their website that uh, that they wanted to control. But now they wanted to control the website. It was it was gone to the point I thought I didn't upload it. So I go to YouTube. I go, oh, I guess I didn't upload it. I upload it. It says you already uploaded this video. Don't upload it again. Oh man. How yeah, crazy they're is pulling that? some. Crazy, crazy funny tricks right now. Uh, it's, it's been going on for a few years, actually, and I, I've seen it kind of in incremental moves because I think if YouTube just pulled the switch on all of us overnight, it would be a little too jarring. People would notice that, hey, wait a minute, they, they just disappeared, a whole bunch of people. So it's been kind of happening incrementally. Um, I had my channel completely demonetized like uh, over a year ago. I, they fully demonetized the channel. Um, and slowly have been adding in the shadow banning, and now we're seeing people start to disappear. You know, Alex Jones may have been one of the first kind of big guys to be uh, disappeared from the internet, kind of pushed into the back yeah. corner of the internet. Wiped but now, off. now we're seeing more. What's that? He got wiped off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it doesn't matter what you think about the man and what his opinions are, and and whether you think he's doing a good thing or not. The fact that they can do something like that to someone just completely off them from the internet and take them off of all these channels really, really says a lot. That, that, that was like the first big domino to fall. And now, like you said, guys like David Icke, I mean, his channel was just deleted the other day. He had almost a million subscribers. And again, it doesn't matter what you think about him. It doesn't matter about what your opinions are of him or what his views are. People should have the right and the ability to learn from somebody like him if they want to. You know, they're treating people like, like children, like, like as if you're not capable of deciding what is and what isn't fake news or, or what is good and bad information. They want to decide that for you. For so this sure. is very scary. Well, what it, to me, it's, it's modern day book burning. Yeah. And people don't realize that, listen, man, this, this, this website has been busted data mining children's information and selling it. This, this website, I mean, go watch Pedogate 2020. You want to see like some stuff going on on YouTube, go watch that. Dude, and, and I mean, we've seen, when, when this stuff started really cooking with gas, like for, I, I know you've been in the game for a while. And, you know, there was that Elsa conspiracy that come out that this this one youtube was somewhat putting out like what would be uh considered corporate kitty porn i mean sad i hate saying it but it really isn't how long those videos lasted and 
you're like, why is this video still up? Why is a video that Dan Dick's doing? And why is the video Sam Tripley doing? And why is the video that David Icke doing wiped off the internet so quickly? When these were there, it took like a groundswell of people going, what's happening in these videos is not acceptable. And for them to be the moral compass of, of what's going on. So, so let's just say, if it was YouTube had a thing where it said, X number of people didn't like this video, we're not going to show the video. That, to me, isn't acceptable. But that's still way more acceptable than, than, they de than them deciding what is acceptable information. It's not like Dan Dix is putting out, you know, how to get more chicks in the sack or anything like that. You're putting out information about that could affect people and their community. Why is that bad? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I actually got a strike on my channel like a, a week ago, and I appealed the strike, and they, they actually removed it. <clears throat> and that was because I was talking about um, 5G and, uh, and coronavirus. And so in my appeal, I said, well, I think the reason why you gave me a strike is because I had the words 5G and coronavirus in the title. But I, I'm not supporting these theories. I, I was kind of debunking them. I was talking about it's a, a little bit of a psyop. And they actually removed the strike within like an hour. I was really, really surprised. Um, but uh, I, I think they jumped the gun on that one because it's algorithms, right? It's a lot of just Yeah, it's AI. Like, yeah, exactly. It's AI picking up the keywords. And you get enough red flags going off with certain keywords. And the computer, the AI comes in and shuts you off. Then you appeal it. And then a human reviews it and says, oh, yeah maybe jump the gun on that one <laughs> it is interesting because i know if i put certain things in my title i'll get more views and, but i know that if i put those words in the title i'm dancing with the devil in terms of strikes so yeah. i have to i have to get across what this episode's about without mm -hmm. directly saying what this episode's about so the ai doesn't drop a hammer on me well dude you know what sucks <laughs> For the longest time, for years, in my default up, you know, you know how you can have default tags and stuff like that in your uploads that just set to default. I had my name in there because obviously, I, I think if people search I have my, my name, name in mine, yeah. I, well, my name is Dix. So <laughs> when I when I removed my last name from the default upload tags. I started getting way more views. It, I was like, as soon as I removed my name from the tags, I realized, oh my God, all this time, they thought I had some kind of curse word or some sort of, I don't know, sexual thing or something. But the moment I took my name out of the default tags, I started getting more views. So just by having the last name Dix, <laughs> I kind of got screwed over. So you, you even got to be careful in the you even got to be careful in the description not even just the title the description yeah if you type in covid or hanging out or anything that has to do with it they'll they'll put you on the not full monetized the one where it has a what is it called it's not the full monetization so you just don't get full money on it but yeah. even on the so description what do you put, anything damn what do I you just, put if you don't put dan Dix, what do you put danny d i i just don't put my name in there anymore uh uh, he, yeah. he puts uh he also changed it to uh, cute fluffy cat protest yeah yeah exactly i had to do that i mean i knew if i and even if you say the words forget about writing it in the description of the tags 
the algorithms can hear you saying the things too. They can pick it up in the audio. Um, so if so I said I'm here at an end the lockdown protest, boom, trigger words, keep red Man, flag. we just got triggered. <laughs> yeah, um, oops. <laughs> My no, bad. So, no, don't even worry about it. Uh, it's just, it's, a, it's, it's so, I mean, the way they dropped hammer on me on a Bluetooth ad, when everybody, and especially some of their YouTube darlings, uh, were doing Bluetooth ads. It's, it's, and it's just like. You know, I look at some people and they still get tons of views. I'm like, how's this guy getting tons of views? And then I look at like my, my show, like, you know, I have a buddy of mine. I'm going to have him on. He's the guy that got me into doing a YouTube channel. And, uh, I look at how we were neck and neck at about 60,000. We were, we were both like going 60,000 and we were both like, yeah, man, we're going to go. Right. He's at 130,000 right now. I, Got to 90 when they were just letting it go, and I was just boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden again, we see that, and now I can't. I mean, it just seems like 100,000 is light years away. And I just, I really just want it. It was like one of the goals. But so, like, I look at, like, stuff you do. I look at all these guys get these great numbers, and I'm like, maybe I'm just not doing it right. I don't know, but. Back before they dropped a hammer on me, I was starting to get the 60, 70, 80,000 views on my videos. It was starting to climb. And now it's like if I get 20, I'm blessed. Yeah. I, it seems like they've probably uh, put, put, put a bit of the restrictions on your channel. The same thing happened to mine. I, I, as soon as I hit a certain number, once I got over a quarter million, I was locked, locked in at that number for a long time. It felt like maybe eight months or so. And then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, uh, a couple of months ago, it's like they just uh, released the floodgates. Right. And I start, started getting more subscribers again all of a sudden. It's like they took the, the, uh, you know, the blocker off for whatever reason. And now I'm getting subscribers again. But I don't trust it, whatever's going on. Yeah, it's so weird. And, like, if I hear another person talk about private uh, company, what you need to know – is one Google got seed money from the CIA. That is that what I, that is US taxpayer money. There's a reason why YouTube blows up and you can't get any of these other websites going like Vimo or uh yeah Vimeo, right? Is that it? No, Vimo. Um they they had a chance, I feel like a like a small window to try to get it. But then they started censoring my videos as well. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You're like a tiny, you have this window open to get this thing going and you're censoring, censoring as well. And when you take a look at the lady who runs it and then you actually take a look at her family, like her whole family is in charge. Her sister or her sister-in-law is in charge of uh, 23andMe. Her, her brother-in-law or ex-brother-in-law ran Google. Her, I forget what her father did. Her father was involved in some sort of like MK Ultra thing. Like, so they, they have your Google searches, your DNA, and what you like to watch. That's one family. That, that's crazy to me. And I think YouTube got away from that a little bit. They're trying to crack down. They only crack down on you if you're successful. And, uh, but, the videos get put out everywhere, and I don't know if they're ever going to be out. Maybe the AI gets advanced enough to know when something gets uploaded instantly. But 
What, where do you think we are in uh, 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 six months to year to two years? Well, uh, short term, it's not looking good. Long term, it's probably going to be better. I would be surprised, to be honest, if, uh, if I still have a YouTube channel by the end of the year. Um, so I, I, honestly, we're at an interesting fork in the road here when it comes to this. There, there's a lot of opportunity here, in, in fact. There, you know, people should be capitalizing on the opportunity to, to create a, a decentralized, censorship-free platform that people will eventually flock to. Uh, the, there's great opportunity for that right now. So I think we're at an interesting fork in the road. It's not looking good for those of us on YouTube. They're gonna control that channel. But now is when we have to start doing the things to migrate our audience. As, I, as you said, that's a little bit difficult. Sometimes, maybe we just have to really hammer it home. Tell them in every single video, guys, go subscribe to me on BitChute. They're gonna flip the switch soon. You know, um, so I think that's what we have to do right now is start focusing on these other platforms and, uh, and start promoting them, the ones who aren't censoring people. I'm not sure if you're on BitChute, but they've been pretty good for me. I, I, I've been trying to do BitChute. Every time I upload a video, it never, like, hit. It never gets uploaded. I come back. It's still processing, yeah. and it, I just, I don't know what it is. Every video I do, I can't get mm -hmm. a new video up there. Yes, they, I, I, I'm not sure, maybe it's a different uh, file type or size, but I, I haven't been having too many problems, but I've heard other people have the same issues. So there's a lot of bugs to be worked out. Uh, and that's why I think some, somebody's going to come out on top of this, you know, and that's why I've really diversified my video sharing platform portfolio into putting my eggs in a whole bunch of baskets right now, because I think maybe one of them will emerge as the new go-to platform. Um, but we can't put all our eggs in one basket anymore, you know, which is what we've been doing with, uh, with YouTube. And, yeah, uh, I, 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 I totally agree. It is diverse. You know, I've been doing it with my paywall as well. You know, I yeah. put, I put my, I do premium, uh, content on YouTube. Uh, but I also do, uh, Patreon, but I went to subscribe star too. And I just started uploading everything there because you just never know when, you know, somebody's just going to get a hair up their ass at Patreon and decide to wipe out, you know, years of hard work just because they don't agree with a word I said on another platform. That's even worse, man. When you say something on another platform and they hit you on this one, it's, it's just yeah. unbelievable. I, I think the internet got away from them. I think they create the internet as a way to basically pump us through a propaganda but they didn't realize there'd be a bunch of guys out. Well, they didn't realize two things that the porn industry would realize how important this is <laughs> and pump a lot of money into it and change the way we delivered content. And then on top of that, it's so funny. The guys that get all the chicks naked and then the guys who can't get any chicks naked push technology and different kind of, um, different kind of, uh, uh platforms for us to be able to go peer to peer. And I think that is the key to uh, the future and that it got away from them that so many people got really good at delivering content. And, and, and for some reason in 2015, and I know it's always been around, but it really became evident after the 2016 election, at least in the United States, that yeah. the mainstream media is working against the people and that independent journalism like you, Dan, uh, you know, 
and crowdsource the truth and, and uh, Luke Radowski and all those guys that are just out there. That's the real journalism and mm-hmm. that it got past them and that they're trying to catch up. But I just think the internet just evolves so much quicker than they can understand. Yeah, well, maybe where they went wrong is the fact that every one of us these days has one of these in our pockets. So what used to take hundreds of thousands of dollars and editing vans and, and satellite dishes and you know all these things, we can now do with the technology that we have right at our fingertips. I can broadcast all over the world with this with this thing here and it doesn't even cost anything. It doesn't, you know, you can set up these accounts for free. It's become incredibly easy now for anybody to spread their information across the globe. So <clears throat> I think that, that that's the next thing too, is to clamp down on the devices and the way people are able to spread information. We've seen a steady stream of, of you know, acts like CISPA and ACTA and SOPA and PIPA and all these things where they're trying to change how we interact on the internet and try to block the free flow of information. Well, I think we're at the stage in the game now where they're saying, screw putting pen to paper. Let's just do it. Let's just start eliminating people. You know, what are they going to do? Right? So that's what they're doing now. They're saying, screw the law. Let's just start pulling the plugs on people that we don't like. I think they're doing that with war as well. I think they're stopped asking for permission for war Mm -hmm. and they're just bombing people and starting wars without the permission of the American people because we have a bunch of Benedict Arnold who have been blackmailed or bought out and they just have no soul. And then you look at, uh, you know, I mean, we have go- we had Jerry Brown as a governor forever in the in California. His sister is like the governor of Oregon. We have all, you know we have the Cuomos. We just have generational corruption going on in this country, and there's no there's no punishment for these things. These people ride off into the sunset after they've done this da- their damage. Uh, I want to know how does Trudeau survive? The blackface scandal. <laughs> yeah. I, Did he survive? I mean, are elections just an act of futility? Are they just letting us make us feel like we're doing something? And then really they just pick their, the, the results that they want? Absolutely. I think d- d- democracy is a total sham as we see it in Canada and in the, in the United States for that matter. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't think that there is real choice. It, it's an illusion of choice. And uh, that's what we've seen in Canada. That's what we've seen in the United States. That's what we've seen in a lot of places. And now, as you said, they're just going to the point of just doing these things. Trudeau just took the guns the other day. I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not asking permission for anything anymore. Just, just flat out going for it. Um, so yeah, I, I'd agree. Did him, uh, didn't Trudeau and uh, Bill Gates just uh, have a conversation about vaccines and more? I don't know yeah. what more is, but that sounds like you guys are going to get the vaccine, the mandatory vaccines before we do, especially if you say can- Canadians are all asleep. I know. Well, T- Trudeau keeps saying the exact same things that Bill Gates is saying, that we're not going to return to a sense of normalcy until a vaccine is developed for the majority of the world. And I just put out, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And I just put out a video the other day connecting the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, and how they are using proxy groups to lobby the Trudeau government into pushing this mandatory vaccine program. And it's being done through these philanthropic 
channels. Like the Bill and Gates Melinda Foundation, they they um, they're funding this thing called Gavi. Uh, it's like a, a global vaccine alliance. They're also funding another group. Um, the name of it slips slips me right now. But these companies have lobbying groups that are speaking to the health officials in the Canadian government. So it's hard to like put Gates's name on it because he's doing it through these proxy groups and things like that. So there are crazy things happening behind the scenes uh, in, in Canada uh, when it comes to all this stuff. Yes, Bill Gates is literally influencing the Prime Minister of Canada about this mass vaccination program behind the scenes right now. Uh, you know, never trust a very attractive uh, um, billionaire, millionaire when he says he wants to change the system. You know, in particular, I would never trust a rich attractive uh liberal uh luckily i am a uh hard five broke liberal and you could listen to everything i have to say because i have no reason to lie to you but you know trudeau uh trudeau obama uh, um or gavin newsom just like like i just i hate to say we just become cattle and we're just like look at the symmetrical features Oh, he wouldn't lie to me because they're so symmetrical. And we just vote for them. And we just keep voting for them. And it's just like after these, all these BS. Now, don't get me wrong. Some ugly people do some bad shit, too. I mean, the, the bushes were incredibly hard on the eyes. But, I mean, like, it seems like from the left, there seems to be this, this knight in shining armor-like thing. This attractive prince is going to come save us. And they just seem to do more damage than good and the re and they get away with it because the media never calls them out on anything. Yeah, exactly. Well, in Canada in particular, the media is completely bought and controlled. Uh, Trudeau did like a $600 million media bailout to, to the companies and, and they're hand selecting which media companies are, are uh, going to exist moving forward. Uh, free speech is completely, uh, uh, dead in, in in Canada, and now they are literally trying to draft up legislation to criminally punish news outlets that engage in what they call misinformation. But who's to say what's misinformation? Who's going to decide what's fake news and what, what isn't? Well, they are. And now, if if they get their way, they'll be able to criminally prosecute someone like myself for. For example, covering one of these protests because they will say we're endangering people's lives. Um, that's where we're leading to in Canada. They want to put laws to make it illegal for me to continue to do press for truth. I, 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 that would make me cry. And we see that happening here. I mean, everybody can, you know, within the conspiracy community, there's a, this kind of notion that Trump is, uh, you know, a white hat or whatever. I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, man. There's legislation right now that is DOJ is pushing that they can permanently uh, detain an American without a trial. That to me is really scary. And I've had like people come on talking about, you know, this social credit score that China has and how they can apply that to anybody who questions the uh, authority of the U.S. government. And the fact that nobody is up in arms in that is just shocking to me but i've also learned that 
you know, and, and it's really sad because, you know, we have open air slave trades in, in uh, Libya right now. And you see none of the boule, the uh, black elite class of the United States who are constantly reminding us about slavery and, and oppression and the fifties and all that stuff. And which we, which this country was wrong in, but yet they are completely silent when it comes to the slavery going on in, in Libya right now. And it just makes me wonder if it's just, everything's just air, just lip service, man. Like what we're doing to Julian Assange right now is like, I think if people would, and I, and I'm going to end this on a positive thing down the line when we get to that moment. Cause I, I want to ask you some more of your thoughts on, uh, on COVID. I also want to talk to you a little more about Canada, but I think we're going to get to a point in my heart of hearts. Maybe I'm just idealistic and I, you know, I have to talk to friends of mine who like kind of click me back into more reality, but that we're going to come out of this where it's like this elite class of blue checkmark dummies on the internet. We're going to leave them and people are going to start coming together and, and opening their minds to black and white, Latino, Asian, straight, gay, Jew, Christian, Muslim. And they're going to stop fighting over the differences. And my hope is that we start seeing the, the similarities, you know, and I learned that in recovery. It's like, you got to find the similarities. Stop trying to look at the differences. And I, th I believe that's the future. What, is, what are your thoughts? Well, I really hope you're right. Um, I think there's going to, it's going to require, it, it's going to take some time to, to do that because there has been uh, what some call a, a slow march through the institutions. A, a cultural Marxist revolution has been happening through the back channels, through the education system. So we're talking maybe a, 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 a generation or two might be required in order to undo all of the heavy propaganda and brainwashing that's been going on for the last 50 odd years. It's going to, it's going to take some time to undo this, but that's not to say it's not possible. Um, I think in this stage in the game, a lot of people are starting to ask these questions. They're feeling like they're being lied to by the TV and by the mainstream media. They are starting to flood to these other channels. Um, like yourself, like Press for Truth. So there is an awakening happening, um, but it, it, it's, it's tough to say where this is going to go in the future because the conditioning is so thick. But I hope you're right. I think people need to realize, you know what, we're, we're all in this together here. This entire system is built like a pyramidal structure with them at the top and us at the bottom. And when people realize that we got the numbers on our side, if, if enough people just say, you know what, I, I don't like what you're doing, thanks, but no thanks. We're gonna disassociate ourselves from this entire thing. Well, if you remove the bottom brick of a pyramid, what happens? The whole thing comes crumbling down. And they understand that, that we have the numbers on our side. Now the key today is awareness, letting those numbers know that they're being screwed with today letting those numbers know that the government is not here to help you. So that's why podcasts like this are incredibly important um, because it, it's an, in, it's an information war. I, I hate to say Alex was right with the way. He I like that. Alex. I get crap for it, but I'll have him on a thousand times and I'll have people who criticize him on. Oh a yeah. Times. I, I enjoy the conversation. I got to give the guy credit where credit is due. I, I would not be probably sitting right here right now doing this show if that man was never born, let's say. If he never existed, I probably wouldn't be doing this right now because he's had that much of an influence on me back in the day. 
to, to do this. So you got to give credit where credit's due. I think, you know, and I've been defending the man for a long time. I've worked with him a lot. He used to sell four of my films in the Infowars store. He hired me to do the Obama deception part two. He sent me around to like seven different cities. And then I went to the Austin studio to edit the thing for three days. Um, they never did release that, by the way. I was really interested to see what they were going to do with all my footage. And then the Obama deception part two never did come out. But anyways, I know the guy well. And I, I, I know that he is legit. He's the real deal. He's not controlled opposition like a lot of people try to believe. Now, money and fame are going to do weird things to people. And I do think he has changed a little bit over time due to due to those things. E ego can kind of change a man. But but that's not to say that he's, I, I, I think he's the real deal. I still think he's, he's, he's legit. I mean, I think he's being vindicated today by the fact that he's been memory hold from the internet. That, that should say that he was probably over the target, right? Uh, I, I totally agree with you. I know that people think he has a blind spot for Israel. And that seems to be the big criticism. I, I mean, like, I, you just go through all the stuff he's been talking about. Um, you know, and let's say he is controlled opposition, but he's woken up so many people to this stuff. It's, it would be one of the worst psyops ever. I mean, and he is right about chai comms, man. And like, I don't know. I'm like, he's right about that. Okay. He's got a, you know, we have, we have uh, a guy who doesn't criticize Israel probably is a little too nice in Netanyahu. I would give you that as well. Um, but, you know, for him, you have Adam Green, who's calling out Israel and Zionists and left and right. So, you know, it's like I have – I mean, within a week I've had those both on, and both of them have caused the other end of the spectrum to go nuts on me. But you know, that's the conversation we have on this show. I, I want that argument that you, you're, you never talk about this. It's like, well, you can. Where's your show? You yeah. know, where's your – Where's your videos? Why aren't you talking about it? It's like, I talk about all kinds of things that people can say, you never talk about this or you never talk about that. It's like, well, <laughs> I got a lot going on, man. Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Well, Dan, you know, it's like, uh, you look like a very nice man. You seem like you have a, like, you're a very wholesome guy. And I mean that in a loving way. I'm not trying to any way be like, oh, you seem wholesome, but I, you seem like a really good guy. I am from chaos. Like I grew up in chaos. I mean, my parents are great, but the journey I've been on, I don't know why anyone would look at me for any kind of moral authority on anything. I've, I shined in the darkness way back in the day. I'm a weirdo. I make no lies about that. I don't, I don't try to tell people how they should live your life morally. Uh, outside of stealing, murdering, uh, sexually assaulting, in particular children, outside that, that I'll, I'll, I'll go to war against you. If you're not doing any of that, I don't care what you're doing. You, you could stay. Whatever you want to do with consenting adults, your whole thing. I People I try to act like I'm some sort of authority on something. I'm a late-night Dick Joe comic, brother, who, like, used to do crazy shows at the comedy store. And I don't know why people get mad at me when I have people on. Like, why can Jerry Springer have neo-Nazis on and interview them and nobody cries about that? But I have someone like Adam Green, who isn't a neo-Nazi, that calls out some stuff with some information now i don't agree with him and he mm -hmm. knows that and i i don't think I, I don't believe in jewish supremacy i don't believe in it people are going nuts on me right now without actually listening to the episode yeah. because adam said he knows somebody who said 
Hitler was a, a, a Zionist. I don't agree with that. I think Hitler was a Rothschild. This is Sam speaking, not Dan speaking. Uh, I'll have that discussion, and I did have that discussion. I believe the Jesuits are in control of everything. But I will have Adam Green on, and we will debate that point like gentlemen, mm-hmm. okay? Because that's what the show is. Totally. The show is having the conversation that these chicken shits won't do. They'll I'm run from the- it and cry to each other. I'm getting the same thing, man. I, uh, I, I interviewed uh, Faith Goldie. She was a mayoral candidate here in, uh, in Canada, in, in Toronto, um, running for mayor. Uh, very, you know, any reporter would want to interview a mayoral candidate. Now, people perceive her as being a white supremacist, and that's based on total BS as well. Um, but because I interviewed her, everyone's now saying, I'm a white supremacist. I also oh, interviewed up. You know, but, but wait up. You are yeah. a white supremacist. You've done the okay time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, you know, that's, that's, right that's, that's how stupid people are. That's what I mean, how stupid people are. How the fuck is the okay sign now the white power thing? It was something stupid on 4chan or Reddit, and they just yep. ran with it. Exactly. Ran with it's just it like hard. It's nonlinear warfare, dude. Yeah, that was a 4chan trolling campaign where they said, let's just flood Twitter with this idea that this actually stands for WP. Uh, white power and um, and and people bought it up hook line and sinker they totally fell for it and uh, I got and, people fired I got people fired like cops yeah. and lifeguards the mainstream media was buying for it so you can't walk around doing this shit anymore Un- unreal well I get people accusing me of it all the time because honestly it's a, it is a natural way for me to hold my hand sometimes when yeah. I'm speaking or making a point but honestly, sometimes now, like if I have to say something about zero or the number zero, I won't do that anymore. I'll, I'll try to consciously it's do this. so stupid. Just to it's avoid so all the stupid. stupid comments of people thinking I'm either doing the 666 or the white power or, you know, any of this stuff. It's crazy, man. Well, real quick, because I know we got jam in a couple minutes. Um, what role do you think um, the relationship between the United States and Canada has in allowing the Canadian government to act the way it does. Meaning, you know, you know, it's a, it's a uh, socialist country, would we say? Socialist, it's, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and I believe that it's like when you're next door neighbors with an 800-pound gorilla, you don't have to necessarily have the military might that right. you would normally have to do. So it allows you to not so much spend your money on that but maybe move it into other sections and stuff. But to do that, there's also kind of, you got to kind of play the socialist game. And then that starts opening up to big brother and stuff like that. What role do you think that has in that you guys live next to, you know, a crazy, you know, just a, you know, a crazy next door neighbor who has a monster truck and giant guns and, girlfriend eight girlfriends with big old titties and you know and they're they're getting their nipples pierced and they, they, you basically live next to the tiger king right like and yeah. like <laughs> what and what does that lead to you know and like and, and an effect on how your government operates well we uh, the canadian government off often fall falls in line with whatever the u.s is doing uh, it's like it's like the little brother big brother kind of uh, relationship or something and something I've been talking about for a long time, which I do still believe is is on the table and is is an agenda that is happening behind the scenes, is the formation of an eventual union. Um, Marrow. 
Yeah, yeah, the Amero, the, the uh, you know, the uh, NAU, the North American Union idea of bringing Canada, U.S., and Mexico together under a singular umbrella. It sounds, you know, probably pretty far-fetched to people today, but you look at the European Union, it's a very similar thing that happened there. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of unions being set up behind the scenes. So I, I think we're, we're, very, we're very similar in, in, a lot of, in a lot of ways. And I think very soon, um, possibly with the, the, the right crisis is all they need, you know, order out of chaos is how they operate. Uh, with, with the right scenario, they can suggest that we need to come together, be one big happy family here uh, in, in the face of this new threat. Um, so I, I think, uh, yeah, we're, we're, they're, they're uh, kind of uniting us together uh, slowly, incrementally, um, but there's a bigger agenda here because the grand agenda is an eventual global government, a one world cash system. So these things have to be set up, you know, uh, in chunks along the way. And I do think America and Canada, do. there is an agenda there for them to unite. What do you think, uh, final question is, what do you think uh, England leaving, the Britain leaving the EU represents? Because that seems, there's, a, there's so many different ways to look at that. Yeah. You know, a long time ago, I had a, my high school friend, he's, uh, he studies the Bible and he predicted, you know, lost tribes of Israel, England, UK, uh, United States, Israel, that's one versus pagans led by Germany. That kind of fits into that notion uh, mm. that the, you know, city of London is its own thing and it wants to break off because the EU's going to go. What do you think that move fits into this puzzle that is the new world order. Well, I put out a video once called What Do the Rothschilds Feel About Brexit? Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, check that one out. And, uh, and, and in that video, I, I kind of explain how I, I, how I see it is, um, is that the, there is a, a very serious agenda for the EU to be a uni you know, united as, as it was. Um, this is coming from the Bilderberg group. They, they have openly admitted that they are responsible for the formation of the, of the EU and, and the Euro. Um, so I think when we're seeing it become fragmented, we know that's not a part of the, the, the grand scheme of things, the agenda, but I think it's a way for them to be able to say, this is why we need a, a stronger, more unified union. Um, is, is that what's, what's going to eventually come out of it? Is that they'll say, look, we, we tried that. It didn't work. In fact, things have gotten really bad because you guys separated. Now we got to go back to something that we had before, but even more so, even, even something more, more unified um, because the pain and, and suffering of separation, they're going to try to say far outweighs any issues with uh, uh, migration uh, and all uh, that giving stuff. up your sovereignty or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I see it continuing to move towards this singular government agenda. Um, so I, I don't think, you know, Brexit seem, seems like a thorn in the side of the, of the new world order at this stage in the game, but I think they may uh, use it to their advantage to be able to unite, unite things uh, even more so. Well, Dan, I, uh, you did not disappoint. It was a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I'm going to tell you, you won the award for best walls of a guest on the show. We've had people who come on with nothing on their walls and it kind of creeps me out. So you have a wonderful, uh, you, your, your, your feng shui is great. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show one more time. Can you please tell them where they can find your stuff? Your show is much bigger than ours, but for maybe if someone didn't, uh, 
haven't seen your show and where they can find you. Sure. Yeah. Please subscribe to me on uh, my YouTube channel, uh, YouTube. Uh, well, you just type in press for truth and you'll find it. Um, and, uh, and in the description of every single one of my videos, I have links to the other channels that I'm on. So go to YouTube first, but I'm probably not going to be there for very long. So once you find me there, subscribe to me on all the other channels, minds.com slash press for truth, bitshoot.com slash press for truth float.app slash press for truth. All, all of them are located in the links below. And I think that's really important moving forward for your audience as well to start looking into these other channels and these other avenues before it's too late, before all of a sudden they wake up and Sam Tripoli's not online anymore and they go, I wonder what happened to him. I guess he's not producing anything anymore. Well, no, you're probably going to be continuing to produce daily content. It's just going to be on one of these other not controlled channels. So find me on, uh, on YouTube. I uh, hopefully will be there for as long as I can last. Um, but then uh, go into the description of any one of my videos to subscribe to me on all the other channels. Dan, you were great. Thanks again for coming on. Sorry if I was a little uh, too crude, but uh, I always appreciate, I appreciate meeting any of the, the OGs of this thing. You've uh, you're one of the best that does it. And uh, hopefully down the line, you'll come back on. We could do this dance again. And if the not, if the tinfoil hat show ever comes to Vancouver. I would love to have you join us live on stage and we could do me, you, Eddie Bravo, Xavier Guerrero. You can meet a Mexican for the first time. <laughs> That'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we'd love to have you join us, dude, and just do a little Q&A with us, brother. That sounds great. If that ever does happen, definitely let me know, man. I'm down. You're a G, dude. Have a great day and have a great week. Uh, you know, oh, Canada. I love Canadians. They are, they are some of the best most savvy comedy crowds I've ever got to play. So hopefully we'll meet each other sooner than later, brother, and have a great week and keep fighting a good fight. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. You too. Take care, man. Thank you everybody for listening. Good. We'll see you again soon. Uh, Eddie Bravo tomorrow. Take care, everybody. <laughs>